Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Canadian Gothic, a series by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Canadian Gothic, an ongoing nighttime series in which my pal Madeleine Klein and I discuss dark and unsettling stories. And tonight, thanks to your help, I dare say we deliver on the unsettling aspect of that big time. In this episode, I'm going to again open the floodgates that have been holding back nighttime podcast listeners' encounters with creeps. Madeleine and I are going to talk about what flows through. That's right. Madeleine Klein and I are going to unpack yet another batch of listener-contributed creep encounters. So get the pepper spray ready, and let's get into it. Ms. Madeleine Klein, how are you this hey. evening? I'm good. Um, same old, but you know, nothing. I always say no news is good news. Okay. Nothing okay. dramatic. But yeah, no, I'm good. Me and me and the cat are just hanging out. And the shelf and the light and your Canadian Gothic shirt. Look at you like a rock star. I I feel pretty legit with my Canadian Gothic shirt. So. <laughs> um, you have a vacation coming up soon. Do you have any big plans coming up you want to tell us about? I do. I have a vacation. I'm going to Arizona for my friend's bachelorette party. So that's at the end of April. I've always wanted to go to like Arizona, like the like dry, hot, sandy cactuses with all that stuff I've, be down there. Right? I've never been. So I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah. I was born to live in the desert. So yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I think, well, actually the desert, but but also like thousands of years ago, like I was born to be alive in ancient Egypt. So like, you know, maybe 6,000 years ago. And I would be worshipped as the king. As royalty. Yeah. Yeah. Carried around on a little like sled thing. Fanned and fed grapes. Just stuff like that. Holding like a gold pole inexplicably. <laughs> just like see. <laughs> uh, anything interesting over the weekend? Uh, I got a lot done. Nothing too crazy. Got my hair done. Got some content done. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say I cleaned the house. I didn't. My husband did, but oh, I'm that's... basking in the clean house. So that's yeah. really cool. <laughs> well, it's like it's that time of year, spring cleaning. What I've been doing, um, Mrs. Nighttime and I have been going through the uh, kitchen cupboards and um, finding a whole bunch of stuff to give to Goodwill. I've already just going through my kitchen cupboards. I've made two trips to what we call value, what's called value village here, but everywhere else seems, I don't know, you have a different name for it, but I've had like two trunk loads of just random crap from the commit, um, from, uh, the kitchen. And I'm, I'm not even done yet. It's nuts how much stuff you can hoard over the winter, just trying to survive. And there's nothing like a good purge. Feels like great, eh? get rid of it. Yeah. yeah well, I'm bad yeah. for hanging on to clothes. Um, well, you're bad for hanging on to clothes, but are you bad for being, uh, the type of person that creeps are attracted to, would you say? I'm not a magnet by any means, okay. but I've, I've had a couple, a couple approach me in, in my day. Any recently? No, thankfully. Okay. None that really come to mind. Yeah. I can't no. really, luckily I haven't really, I'll, well, I shouldn't say that I, I am one of those, I think if you put yourself out there enough online and such, you're eventually going to have some people who um, come out of the woodwork and just be a creep at you. So I certainly have some of that going on, but I refuse to um, mention them or say their name for fear of them creeping at me harder. I knew, I knew Aaron had groupies. You have groupies too? I have, I don't have groupies. I have haters. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like ravenous haters. Like voodoo doll owning haters. <laughs> it seems. You guys, this is Jordan Bonaparte. He runs the crime channel. This snake, that's what he is. A snake. Let that be the segue to this, as you and I may not have had problems recently with creeps in our personal or professional lives, but I'll tell you what is a hell of a lot of nighttime podcast listeners have had experiences with creeps. So 
just two, maybe it was three weeks ago, we did an episode um, sharing listener accounts of encounters with creeps. Uh, that was part two of my series on that topic. Um, as soon as we released that episode, emails started coming in, voicemails started coming in with a whole new batch of creep encounters. And I said, I guess we're going to have to do it again. I said, Madeline, are you up for another round of listener contributed account encounters with creeps? And you said, absolutely no question <laughs> and i'll tell you this topic and this thread of creep encounter reactions is not going anywhere because i have received even more than i can air in this episode so there will likely be a part four but we can't waste any more time you ready to get into some listener contributed encounters with creeps i have been looking forward to this all week well me too let's start heavy with this, I call this an anonymous Toronto, no, an anonymous listener's creep in Toronto gets charged. That's what I'm going to call this one. Okay. L listen to this. Hi, Jordan. I hope you're doing well. Um, I'm going to remain anonymous because this story does involve criminal charges. It takes place in Toronto. I was working downtown Toronto about five years ago, and it was the fall, and I decided I was going to walk and grab some lunch. I stepped outside my office building and I couldn't have been more than five feet from the door when a man on a bicycle approached me. He gave me that look as if like, hey, I know you. So I stopped for a second to process how I knew this man. And while I was processing that, he quickly um, approached me on his bike, grabbed down and grabbed me on my crotch. I was wearing a short, relatively short dress. Um, so it was incredibly uncomfortable. He then rode away quickly on his bicycle, and I completely froze when it happened, and when I kind of came to and realized what had just happened, I turned around and shouted, that man just assaulted me, grab him, and there was a group of businessmen in suits that chased this man very heroically, tackled him to the ground. Um, he somehow ended up getting away, but he did drop his backpack, which would learn to be really helpful to us um, because it had evidence in it. So the businessmen came over to me, made sure I was okay, they called the police for me, and they waited for over an hour for the Toronto police to come. I went into the police station, I gave a statement and a description of the man. Unfortunately, they didn't catch him that night, and he went on to assault three, I think it was three or four other women, and the assaults were a lot more serious than what happened to me. He was eventually found and charged, and he... I believe was in jail for almost two years and once he was in jail I was able to have his name and when I googled him it was clearly not the first time he convicted a sexual assault he was convicted for a sexual assault um, and one of his convictions previously was for the sexual assault of a minor so this man was incredibly creepy um, he got charged because my building manager actually was able to pull security footage of the actual assault taking place. Um, and in that backpack that he had was his driver's license as well as cameras um, with indecent photos of other women and other victims. So um, this incident really changed my perception of Toronto and working downtown. I no longer work downtown. Um, and to be honest, I don't even like the city that much. I don't like going into it. I find it's a city full of creeps. Anyway, thank you for listening. I love your podcast, every different series, except especially the Keep Canada Weird series. Um, you guys are great. Thank you. So that, I think, is uh, more than a creep story. Whoa. We're starting, like, heavy, heavy. Jumping right in. Yeah, that's um, that's different because, uh, you know, generally a creep is like, you know, someone, they go close to the line. But this is, like, different. This is someone on a bike who is probably like planning to do this and the bike is a part of the whole thing fortunately he dropped his backpack um and she was able to get the evidence necessary to the police but not soon enough that he had already assaulted other people had done it in the past that's a damn awful story and like he lost all of his identification and stuff and then went on to assault three more people so like he didn't he did not care obviously no. well, who, but whoever, whoever this is is a bad 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 person that needs to be off the streets and in some kind of heavy treatment that cage yeah i'll go with that um 
But yeah, I, she says like it's changed my perception of Toronto and working downtown. Oh my God, I could see how. It's like she she didn't have an encounter with the creep. She was sexually assaulted by a stranger outside of her work. And and like, how do you, I don't blame her for just being in shock. Well, how do you react to that? Yeah, well, uh, she right. says oh. herself it took a moment before she even realized and then started shouting and a, a couple people in business suits were able to try to intervene and oh man that's oh a, my god that's a, that is an awful story um i could like the this like i don't know if the word would be stress but just the trauma going through that and then having to stay downtown i could see why she doesn't want to work downtown anymore oh man i don't think i would want to leave my house again let yeah. alone go back downtown yeah that's um yeah, I can't imagine something like that happening. That's a that's right up there with um, like kind of the worst things that like and to have that just in the middle of your day happen. But it shows you right. in a big city, you got I don't know if this would have helped her at that point, but not even in a big city, wherever you are, if you're in public, you need to be so aware of what's going on around you, who's behind you, what's going on, because it's it just takes some nut to change your yeah. life. Man, just for the record, this guy isn't a creep. He's a sexual predator. Yeah. We, we've, we're past creepiness at this point. We are in new territory. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's... I would take a regular old creep any day over, yeah. over that. Um, yeah, that's awful. Uh, anonymous listener in Toronto. Thank you for the kind words. I thought they were about, she was about to say like, I like everything you do, except I was like, Oh, where are we going? But no, she meant to say, especially, um, I appreciate you sharing the story. It's a, when you, when you hear something like that and them having a history of doing something in the past, um, to like a similar crime, um, you see those news articles all the time, and I'm sure they happen in, in your part of the country as well, where it's like it's like a press release, like we're releasing this high risk offender. They're just got out of jail from like, you know, molesting kids or something, and they're gonna be living in your city and you know high risk and, to reoffend. But yeah, they're a high risk to reoffend and you know, and everyone's writing in the comments on Facebook, like just keep this person locked up. Obviously we know that the our justice system and rehabilitational system isn't what it should be and these people eventually often get out without you know going through the right steps and it's funny that i just heard this this story and it just reminds me of something i saw in the news just today in halifax um one of those people were recently released with that press release like they're at a high risk to reoffend. it was just in the news today that they had like their parole revoked and they're being sent back to prison because they were found with a um they were found with a collection of photographs of women's heads cut out of a magazine and they, uh, I don't, I, it seems like they were maybe in like a halfway house or like a boarding house or something. And I guess they had them hidden and it was like a box of heads of women cut out from magazines. And that was enough for them to revoke their release and bring them back in, which is, a, I, I don't oh, know, something that's about, good. it is, but just something about like this nut creep with like a box of clipping heads it's it's pretty disturbing um anyway yeah that that story was a heavy way to start let's let's go on to something uh, i was gonna say something lighter but unfortunately i don't have anything like that this entire thing is going to be pretty heavy the whole night through uh so i can't go to a lighter story but i can include one or i can move on to one that includes walking a dog that's about as light as I can get. We like dogs. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Buckle up. Hi. I live in northern BC, uh, very far north. Um, so our summers are quite nice. Usually, like, our, our hottest day is maybe 25. Maybe. That's a, that's a super hot day for us. Um, but during the summer of 2021, we had a heat wave. So we had temperatures of 40 degrees and it was horrible. So um, because of this, uh, I have an elderly dog. I brought her to work with me 
to keep her safe because we have air conditioning where in the building that I work at. So that way she was comfortable all day. We didn't have to worry about her getting overheated at home. So uh, I'm 40 and I've been happily married for 20 years. And so uh, that's important to this part of the story. So because of because I have my dog at work with me all day, halfway through the day, of course, she has to go out to go pee. So uh, I just go bring her out back to the alleyway that's behind where I work. And um, it's uh, not heavily, like there's hardly any traffic back there. It's an alley. Um, behind the building where I work is actually a residential area. And so it's quite quiet back there. And anyway, it's the middle of the day. I take her out and I leave, had her off leash um, because she's old. She's not going to take off and she just needed to go pee. So she's sniffing around trying to find a spot to go pee in this alley. And I can hear a car pulling up behind us. So I just made sure to go way off to the side so that I wasn't in their way. And of course, the, the vehicle slows down and stops and this young man who's maybe 20 so he could be my son um winds down his window and he's like hey um is that your dog and so I I said um in my mind I was thinking what I wanted to say is oh no you know I'm just out back in 40 degree weather with some random dog like obviously it's my dog Anyway, I didn't say that. I smiled because I'm polite. And I said, yeah, that's my dog. And he said, oh, she's so cute. And I just was like, yeah, yeah. And um, he says, are you on your lunch break? And I'm like, no, no, we're just taking a quick break. And so I start walking away because I'm trying to keep an eye on my dog. And he's parked between me and the dog now. Like she's on the other side of his vehicle. And so I'm like trying to keep an eye on her. So I'm trying to walk away. So instead of like getting the hint, he just slowly drives beside me while I'm walking. So once I realized he's not going away, I just was like, okay, looking at my dog, she's still taking her time, trying to find the perfect spot to pee. So um, he asked me like, you know, do I work here? And I said, yeah, I work in this building. And then he said, um, well, I work at such and such place he this big company locally we're an oil town and uh, so of course he's making loads of money working you know 28 days a month you know so it's what he tells me how much money he made he's like oh I made like you know 50 grand in one month and that's what he, he's he's exaggerating and I'm thinking he's telling me this thinking I'm going to be impressed by him all I can think of is I'm like go away I just want to get my dog and go back to work, right? So I'm starting to kind of get the look on my face, like, okay, leave me alone. I'm not impressed. So I start walking away. Like, really, obviously, I, t- I literally turned around, like I was going to go the other direction. And then he says, um, hey, can I get your phone number? And so I said, oh, no, sorry, I'm married. You know, so I just still start walking. And he's like, hey you're not wearing a wedding ring. And so he like puts his vehicle in reverse and he's saying this while hanging out the window. He's like, you're not wearing a wedding ring. And I looked down in dismay at my hand and you're, and he was right. I had taken off my ring because it was so hot and I hadn't been drinking enough water. So my hands were swelling and and I just felt uncomfortable. So I had taken off my wedding ring, but I, I never leave the house without a ring, my ring on. And anyway, so I was like, Oh, wouldn't you know it? This is the one time that I'm not wearing my ring. And so it's like he was trying to act like I was lying. Ugh, anyway, so I said, I'm like, well, if you want, you can call my husband and he can confirm that uh, I'm very happily married, you know, and I'm still trying to be polite because that's what we do. And, uh, and he's like, well, actually, I don't care that you're married. I still want your phone number. And I'm like, for real? Like, I, li- I literally laughed. I'm like, have a great day. And I, I just started booking it. And I got a hold of my dog. And he had been, he started calling out to me. I don't know what he was saying, but he was like yelling at me about something. So I just hustled and ran back into where I work. But I'm like, really? You just have to be so creepy and just assume that, first of all, I'm going to be impressed by all your money and that, you know, I'm going to give you my phone number. I'm like, I could be your mom. Ugh. Anyway, that was my creepy story. Bye. (laughs)
<laughs> and that was my creepy story. Bye. Oh, there, there was so many parts of that that I, it, I could see it so clearly. The slow drive when he's just kind of driving along. When you have to like coast along with someone, abort mission. Yeah. You're being weird. Like, yeah. There's <laughs> never, I can't think of any example of a time None. when you should be driving slow alongside someone who's walking and having a conversation. Oh, and the minute the minute someone starts psycho babbling about how much money they make, yeah, I know to stop listening immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh... oh yeah, yeah, and it's in the middle of the day. It's hot and uncomfortable. I can it. What I another thing I liked about about her call or her message there is she's trying to be nice the whole time, and I'm sure he's being like she's into me. Because she hasn't ran oh. off yet. I don't know. Like Right. Well, you know, even after she was like, no, thanks. I'm married. Even if. And then he accused her of lying. Mm-hmm. So, like, take a hint, buddy. She clearly doesn't like you. Even if she mm-hmm. is lying. Yeah. She, think, there's a reason for that. Like, a ge- I guess the general like, kind of rule should be, like, if you approach a stranger with romantic intent and they turn you down once, like, you should. Like, that's it. It's. Done. Don't try and change their mind. <laughs> no, it was no. not love at first sight. So turn around and move on. Uh, <laughs> like, but uh, luckily, unlike the first story, luckily for her, this creep, convicted creep, we just convicted them, didn't get out of their car and do anything more than just this kind of like soft harassment. Although she says when I was leaving, he was saying something I can hear I, and I couldn't make out what it was. I have a feeling it's better for her mental health that she didn't hear what he was saying as he was walking away. Do you think it was anything good? Oh, no. He sounds aggressive. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he seems to um, be the type, like, based on what we hear, she was probably walking away and he was probably not happy about that and probably had some. I, I can only imagine. I can think of a hundred things he probably felt justified in saying. Well, because, yeah, he guys like that get violent and mean when they get rejected. Mm-hmm. So well, and then it, all of a sudden the woman's ugly. Yeah. And not and, worth their time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He makes way too much money to put up with her in the alleyway right. as yeah. he's slowly driving. <laughs> um, in his 89 Buick. Yeah. Certainly, <laughs> eh? <laughs> we heard, uh, remember in the last time we did this, we heard the story of the person who approached the girl on the bus uh she um she turned him down got off the bus and then he started scribbling maniacally in his book i have a feeling this guy was like this ruined her day and his day and he thought she was awful for doing that to him that's how i see his point of view probably he probably went and like made a little voodoo doll of her creep though right oh yeah oh that falls under creep for sure okay um this next one i i'm going to call the anonymous Cape Breton bank creep. Listen to this one. Cape Breton, I'm excited. They're a different breed down there. Here's proof. <laughs> Hi, Jordan. This voice memo is for Encounters with Creep series. Um, I ask that you please don't use my name given the situation that this is. Um, so I work at a financial institution in Cape Breton. Um, I had this one guy who was clearly unstable that would always book appointments with me just to talk to me. The worst part is, though, is the things he would talk about. He would tell me about how he went to Thailand to treat his brain tumor and how he would get into these violent street fights and he would be ordered to kill people by these mobsters. He also said that these mob people would pay for his treatment for this brain tumor because he was such like a asset and like a weapon to their mob. Um, it was unreal. Um, keep in mind, this guy is five foot two, maybe 130, 140 pounds, like very small dude. Um, but I would just sit there and listen because what can I do? This guy is in my office, my door shut, talking to me about killing people. And I'm just sitting there staring at him, not responding, not knowing what to say. Then one day he came in and said that he was getting a divorce. So I thought, okay, finally, he's here for a financial reason. Um, although I was doing real financial transactions for him, he still proceeded to talk about killing people and hinted around what I thought could be killing his soon-to-be ex-wife. So that scared me quite a bit. But anyway, a couple of years have gone by and his wife is still alive because, you know, small town communities, you know, 
But after the divorce and financial appointment, I started seeing him everywhere I went. He was at Walmart. He was at the grocery store. He was waiting in the parking lot for me to get off of work um, to the point where I wouldn't leave work. I was staying an extra hour, hour and a half, whatever it took, because I was not walking out of that building until he was gone. It was really scary for a while. Um, and it didn't stop until I switched from one financial institution to another. And he hasn't found me yet. Um, I did hear from former coworkers that he came in ranting about how awful and incompetent I was. And he hoped I got fired and I should be sent to jail. Meanwhile, when I worked there, he thought I was God's gift to earth. This guy is unbelievable. And I hope he doesn't find me. <laughs> yeah, and, I hate to Kate laugh. Kate Britton's not that big. <laughs> No. Well, there's oh there's only a God. handful of banks, but this doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's out like shopping for a, you know, a better deal on his mortgage or something. That is the worst at your place of work when uh -huh. someone comes in. Mm -hmm. oh, and that, if, oh, if, if you have a meeting in a bank too, like if you're doing anything beyond just like going to the teller, you're in like a room with the door shut, you know, like if you're applying for some kind of, I don't know, loan or mortgage or something weird. So I'm picturing her sitting at this desk in this little room um the sound of like a fan worrying or something and then this lunatic just sitting there telling her these nonsensical stories and she's just just like the last person she's too nice to say like get out of here the worst part about people like this is you don't want to engage with them or you know worse start arguing with them but you know they're lying and mm -hmm. they really think you're stupid then mm -hmm. that's the worst part. They mm -hmm. think you believe them. Mm -hmm. And, are so and you're like, oh, I don't. I just can't <laughs> tell you how ridiculous you sound. <laughs> like oh, yeah. And uh, it just remind, like, hearkening back to the last story with the dog walker and, you know, and he's driving away saying something to her. Just like with this guy, he goes to the bank after she left and he's telling everyone else how awful she was. And I'm sure she's awful because she didn't reciprocate the creepy, weird vibes he was sending towards her. Because she didn't her. jump in his car and start dating him. Like. Yeah, or, or, or just fall for his stories of like, oh, so you're kind of like James Bond then, are you, sir? Like, oh, tell me more about, you know, the moves you used in the streets to kill the people. I just need was to know. Was that what he was going for? I need to know if that approach has worked on any woman ever. And if it has, can I talk to her? Yeah, I'd love to have them she, on the show. I just need to warn her and tell her to, <laughs> no, nobody no. should be falling for stuff like that. <laughs> Certainly not. Um, let's get into the next one. And it, see, we're on like this kind of creepy train that just got to keep chugging along. So we got a lot to get through. This next one, uh, I especially like because of their name and where they're from. You'll see what I mean. <laughs> Try not to laugh. Hi, Jordan. My name's Hannah. I live in Indiana. I hate that that rhymes, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I love your podcast. Thanks for doing what you do. Listen to it all the time. Didn't know anything about Canada, honestly, before it, so that's cool. Um, well, I saw that you were asking for some creep stories on Twitter, so I have a, a couple. Most of them are from when I worked at Starbucks, surprisingly. Um, we would have a lot of interesting people come through there. I worked there for three years, and one night we had a man come in, and he was okay. He was, you know, a normal guy, but once he was done ordering, he told me, he said, you know, you're really pretty, or something along those lines. And I said, oh, thank you. And I was really flattered, honestly. I thought it was very sweet. And he proceeded to say, you would look really good if I bent you over this counter right now. And I was 18 years old, and it was pretty, it was pretty horrific. I really, I did not know what to say. I just asked him, if, I just said, thank you, please go away, or something like that. I'd, I don't even know what I did. I probably froze up. So yeah, that's creep number one. Um, creep number two came through the drive-thru. A different night he was super super friendly I just remember him being so nice and so I was being really nice back to him and so I gave him his drink he was about to leave and then 
I shut the window, but he knocked on it again. And I was like, oh, he must need something else. So I opened it. And he said, can I ask you a question? To which I said, yeah, of course. You know, being very nice. And he said, can you, or no, he said, do you want to watch me masturbate? (laughs) And I, once again, I froze up. And one of my biggest regrets in life is that I didn't reach through that window and grab his drink and throw it all over him. So that's just a couple brief encounters I had with massive creeps. So thanks for letting me share. What would ever possess somebody to do, to say either of those things? Good question, but I'm not surprised. In Halifax, just this is maybe three or four months ago, or maybe more like six months ago, uh, the Halifax Regional Police released a photo of this creep in his car, and they wanted um, the public to you know, uh, let the police know who he is because he was driving through a couple drive-thrus um, showing the, and it was all like Tim Hortons and coffee shops and stuff, just like what Hannah from Indiana was experienced. And he was showing his genitals in the drive-through to people who were just trying to get minimum wage and go home. You know, it's like they eventually, I think he turned himself in because of course that post went viral. I know I shared it and everyone else in the city did. Um, but it doesn't surprise me. A young girl working in a job where she's smiling and interacting with people. If, If you, all you need to do is be pleasant to a thousand people and one of them are going to do something nuts like that. That's the, sadly, that's the world we live in. Yeah. I'm, I just, I want to know why these particular men have the audacity. Like I'd like to ask them, why do you think that's okay? Mm -hmm. And then what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. And And like, do you not love your mother? Public. To a young woman at work, do you not love your mother? Oh well, gosh. I just can't imagine like treating someone that way and being like, I love my mother at the same time that I'm doing this. Like when I see people like catcalling, because what, what these people, what she just described, both of those are kind of like you take catcalling and then you just put it on like crystal meth. And this is like, yeah, it's this out of control. Uh... Like the first story she told someone like, oh, you look pretty today. And she's like, you know, oh, thanks. And, and then she, to, at first she wasn't creeped out. She was like flattered, which actually makes it like more unfortunate that he turned into a weirdo. Yeah. It's like, here, I got you a little surprise in this box and you just open it and it's like a dead rat. And you're like, oh, you like, that's kind of like Pretty the much. equivalent yeah, of that's the a compliment. perfect example. Yeah. Because uh. it's so rare that you get like a legitimate compliment that's not from a creep, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, dreams were shattered in like two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel for her. Uh, but let's just talk about her name for a bit. <laughs> what did you think of that? Um, it just it just reminds me like she she's got to be like Hannah Montana's distant cousin or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is Hannah Montana from Indiana, or is it just all Hannahs are related? No, Hannah Montana. It's like the oh, name, you know. Hannah Montana. Hannah, Indiana. Okay. How did I miss that? I don't know. Thank you for like getting me there. I just just, like she introduces herself, but then she's like, I know it rhymes. How often does she like? And that's why she says it. She's like, yeah, don't don't say anything. I know. (laughs) Yeah. It's like her fear is like if she ever meets them, she's like, please don't ask me who I'm where I'm from. And if you do just wait till we've talked a bit after I gave you my name. For a completely different reason. Hannah, I get it. When people ask me where I'm from, I'm like, Canada. <laughs> Why? Just because you don't them. want to explain Saskatchewan? Oh, because you're from the city that rhymes with fun. That's correct. <laughs> uh, Listeners yeah. of nighttime will know your city for its amazing take on tourism. Yes, for its noted feminist thinking. <laughs> for, just for people who didn't catch that um, that episode, you're from the city of Regina and Saskatchewan. That's right. What's going on with tourism, the tourism marketing in your city? They decided that it was a really good idea to rebrand from, I, I believe it was tourism Regina to, they changed it, our slogan to experience Regina, which itself is fine, but it's actually like a 15 year old parody song that did really well on YouTube. About how awful Regina is, right? 
Right. Yeah. So even that's forgivable and kind of like, oh, haha. Okay, you know, we're aware, right? They decided to add two slogans that one was um show us your regina and then the other one was a decades old slogan that has been around forever that is the city that rhymes with fun and like l- listen i'm not a prude okay i'm whatever off the record fine ha <laughs> that's you know clever i guess but like as an official city slogan yeah how many channels did this go through? And not yeah. one person was like, um, maybe we should workshop yeah, something no. else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no. Abort. Abort. No. Um, yeah, I never uh, thought of that. But when you meet people who don't know Saskatchewan and stuff well or don't know Canada well, and you have to say I'm from Regina, they're, they're like, what? Every time. I always say Regina, like Regina. And they're mm. like, oh, <laughs> we should just change it to the Queen City or just merge with Saskatoon. Just. Get rid of Regina altogether. There's a dildo Newfoundland, and where I'm from in Cape Breton, there's a town that gets a lot of laughs called Balls Creek, and a lot of people excellent jokes. We have a climax, Saskatchewan. (laughs) We do. Okay, we're getting off topic. Okay, or maybe we aren't. (laughs) Let's let's get back on track. This one I'm going to call an anonymous creep at the wrong house with wine. Oh, okay. Imagine that. (laughs) Here we go. Hi, I have a story about creeps. This happened about 26 years ago, which tells you how much it has stuck out in my mind because it was 26 years ago. um, And it's still like it happened yesterday. I was a young mother. I was 20 years old living in an apartment. A gentleman comes to my house at like midnight, knocks on the door. Uh, I was still awake because new baby and all, and I was putting her to bed. I finally got her to sleep. I go to the door. This is before there was any kind of ring cameras or anything like that. So I open the door with a flap lock, which allowed me to open it like an inch without fully opening it. Gentleman standing there, khakis, button down shirt, bottle of wine and a corkscrew, but tells me he is there to meet some lady, but he can't find her apartment. Can he use my phone to call her? This is before cell phones were a thing, so it's not like I could hand it out the door. So my intuition goes off and I say, no, but I will go get my phone and I will stand here and call her for you. He says, that's fine. I shut the door. I open it back up with the phone, not fully, just that inch. He completely disappeared. So I'm thinking two things. This guy either was going to come in and attack me or come in and what? woo me over a bottle of wine. I I don't know. That was so weird. So I get scared. I call my neighbor. They come over. They sleep on the couch that night. So I feel safe. Three days later, um, my daughter was with her dad. I pull up to the apartment after going out with some girlfriends. It's like two o'clock in the morning. This same guy is trying to, I pull up and my headlights flash on him trying to bust into the window in my apartment. Like he's outside trying to get in through the window. He sees my lights. He panics. He leaves. Again, no cell phones. That wasn't a thing. I get in my car. I'm shaking. I drive to the nearest gas station. I go in. I'm crying. They call 911. Cops come. They go through my apartment. They, you know, yeah, it's clear he had taken the screen off already. And they don't see anything and this guy i never saw this guy again but i went to the apartment complex and they actually i ended up moving into a different building and like on the third floor so i wasn't so easily accessible but uh talk about being scared i mean that that's my creep story and sadly i'm a woman so i have more than that one but that's my biggest one that's uh, oh my god she must have lived on the ground floor which Whenever I, anytime I've lived in an apartment, I've always thought like, get me up higher. Me too. I've Mm -hmm. lived on a couple ground floors, but yeah, I've never had to deal with something like that. Yeah. She says it's 26 years ago, but it stuck with me. Yes. I see why that's wild. What was this dude? (sighs) uh, Like I'm, I firmly, I firmly believe he showed up at her house with a corkscrew and a wine bottle and no plan. Like, I think it was just like, I'm just going to go find, I don't know what he was thinking, oh, but. Oh, it, no, I think he was there to to get in and hurt her. Absolutely. Do you think? 
Well, totally. Why would he? Guess, why would he say he's going on a date with another woman? Yeah, why and then he just be like, "Hey, I like you. Can I come in and we can like drink together?" And then uh, shortly after, he's she catches him trying to climb into her window. Like this, right? she is so lucky and smart. Like smart enough oh. to not open the door and let this guy with a wine come in and woo her or whatever he was going to right? do. And then lucky enough to pull up as he's trying to get in her window. And how did he get into the apartment? That's another question. He shouldn't have gotten into the apartment. I never thought about that. It should have been like that. a locking front door and then her door. Yeah. So there's there's security measures oh, it's, everywhere that are wrong. You go to an apartment, it's you just got to show up at the right time and someone's going to be nice and hold the door open for you. That's true. Like these the these Ugh. creeps that we're hearing about, they prey on people's kindness. It's like a, a part of so many of their like MO or whatever and I just oh. and then he was cuz he was clearly targeting her. He was climbing into her window and <laughs> Yeah, um she ends that with like, you know, and, and I'm a woman, so I have many stories like this. Let me tell you is a trend that I've seen in people sending me these stories. So you can go to my website, nighttimepodcast.com, click on contact, and you can send me a voice memo. Uh, and so what, what we're hearing here is, is the voice memos that were sent to me through my website. But a lot of people will send me a voice memo telling me their story. And then like three minutes later, I get another voicemail. They're like, I have this other one I got to tell you. Six minutes later, one more thing I need to tell you. People, like several people had had like, once they open the door and start talking about it, they just, it's maybe it's therapeutic. I don't know. But multiple people have sent me multiple stories. So I'm going to play one of those, an example of someone sending me a follow-up story. So you remember, of course you remember the dog walker and the creepy dude who said God knows what as she drove away. Uh, yeah. I think once she started talking and telling me her story, she's like, I'm going to tell a couple more. So he, she shares a story. The, the story of her walking the dog in BC was when she was like 40. She, she said almost 40. He was like 20. She shared a story of when she was much younger. And this is kind of topical because she was working at Zeller's at the restaurant. And Zeller's is now coming back in Canada. <laughs> That's hilarious. So here's, here's something else that happened to her. Hi, Jordan. I promise this is my last one. Um, I used to work at Zeller's in the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, everybody misses Zeller's. Um, but I worked in the restaurant and because I was 16, I was in school during the week. And so I usually worked evenings or Saturdays. So if anybody remembers back in the days, Zeller's used to have a 99 cent breakfast that you could get on Saturday mornings from seven, I think it was 7am to 9am. Like it was a really short window of time. So it was a very, very, very busy time. That sounds like a nightmare from a server point of view. And of course, Zellers attracted a lot of older people and whatever. It was great because they loved that cheap breakfast. So there was an older man who was there and um, he was there all the time. I often, I regularly brought him his coffee, but of course, you know, I'm a waitress and I'm 16 and you want, you be extra kind, you know, to people that are your regulars, you know? So I was extra kind to him and he was so nice. And I made, you know, I was friend. I tried to be friendly with him because I didn't know. And so I grew up around um, lots of older men in my family and I have never had one, not one of them be a creep ever. Like I had good stand up men in my life, you know, my grandpas and my uncles and my dad, like they were not creepy they were good men and so to me I'm thinking this sweet old man is like just like one of them you know he's nice and so I'm making sure his coffee's never empty and whatever he needs I bring it to him but you know I also need that tip because I've got a car now and you know I have no money I'm 16 and uh, so anyway he was kind of extra chatty one day and um when I turned around after filling up his coffee, he slapped my butt. So this man was in his late 70s, early 80s, I would say. And I was 16. I was a baby. Like, I'm a kid. And I didn't know what to do because it, it took me by surprise. But fortunately, my boss seen it happen. And she, like, stomped over to him and she told uh, she screamed at him and she said like if you ever touch 
one of my girls ever again. You are banned from here and I'm calling the police and they will escort you out. So you can see he was pretty shaken up by that. But uh, yeah, so thank goodness for my boss, who was amazing. She was a tough woman. And then on top of that, I never had to serve him ever again. And she made sure of that. So yeah, creepy story. You oh, got my <laughs> God. Go ahead. You got to be a I'm... tough woman to be uh, the manager of a restaurant in a, re a department store that sells a 99 cent breakfast in the 80s and 90s for one. But what's your reaction to this story? I've, I'm super impressed with that manager because I've had good managers, but I've also seen managers let stuff like that go. Mm -hmm. Because they just don't want to so, deal with the can of worms that comes with like reacting. Well, and yeah, and it all comes down to how much money are they spending? Mm, yeah, I so, get that. But I, I, I guess not at a breakfast place, but yeah, he's spending 99 cents. <laughs> right. But like, Notice how many of these stories happen to teens. Mm -hmm. And I was just saying to my friend a couple days ago, we were walking in somewhere and a car drove by and I thought he yelled something at us. And I was like, did we just get catcalled? It's been years. <laughs> and then she was like, I think we did. And I was like, have you noticed that we only really ever got catcalled when we were underage? Like, that's a little oh yeah you're like it's been Ugh. years like weird not since we were like... and i'm not that old but you know why yeah. was i i yeah i've just noticed that a lot of these stories happen to young women mm -hmm. and oof. and yeah um, lots of my stories happened when i was a young woman yeah and you said you were impressed with the manager by confronting the guy and putting him on the spot we got to keep in mind kind of context this happened in i think she said in the mid 90s i think if this happened nowadays the reaction would be different that wouldn't be an appropriate reaction nowadays would you say uh i don't know i think it i think it would um today i hope he would have been there would have been no chances he would have been barred yeah i just I, I don't know when i heard it my first reaction was like oh that's all but at the well, same right? time like when it's one thing to think of it in like you know from as an outsider not in the situation and all this stuff but i guess this kind of stuff like it if you're a manager of a restaurant this stuff probably happens more often than someone who doesn't work in a restaurant would think we've heard from so many people who work in coffee shops retail joints like that girl uh, worked at Starbucks. She had two experience. That was Hannah in Indiana. That was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's she... a ton of at work. Ex like, and why? It's always young teens making minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Like but the, they just... those poor people. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's like she said, like she, you have to, not you have to, but you want to be nice to get that tip in this creep doesn't see the difference between she's nice because the relationship we have she's a pleasant server bringing me coffee they don't differentiate that from like she probably wants to sleep with me and that's why she's not so so it's appropriate to hit her on the butt as she walks by. exactly and yeah um, not not everyone but men especially have this problem with yeah differentiating between flirting and just being kind and doing your job hmm. i'm not offering you and bringing you another drink because I like you. Mm -hmm. I want your money. And yeah, that's, that's really it. That's, that is it. <laughs> right. Um, so far tonight in, in our prior episodes, we've almost talked exclusively about male creeps. We're about to turn the tables a little bit. Uh, this is, this is what I've been waiting for. I'm going to call this story father on creeps and a female creep. So you'll see why in a sec. Hey, Jordan. Thanks for um, keeping up with these episodes around the the creeps. I, uh, as the father of 15-year-old twin girls, um, they're at a stage now, especially coming out of the pandemic when they're isolated there, where they're starting to be a bit more sort of independent. And, um, you know, they're at that stage where they think bad things only happen to other people. So it's nice to... Uh, or they just don't hear those those stories at all. So it's nice to be able to kind of relay some of those stories 
just to try to help them understand that, you know, these creeps are out there. So they have to ever be vigilant. Um, but I wanted to uh, also give you just a quick, a quick one. I know you're looking for examples of, uh, you know, creeps on the, the female side. And this goes back to the 90s, but I was a co-op student, maybe about 21 years old, working in an office setting, doing like IT support type of things. And I was, you know, I moved up to Ottawa, to the big city, uh, just, you know, recently. So still a bit shell-shocked about being here. And then, um, you know, I I had one particular call, again, in the office setting, where I had a woman, probably late 40s, went to check out computer problems she called in. Don't quite remember the specifics now, but I know there was something, and this is back when the computers would sit on like the floor under the desk, and there was something fiddly happening with her computer. And for whatever reason, she offered to kind of go under, and because I, I think maybe it had to do with a printer that was that was attached, and she offered to go down and like rejiggle the, the wires, make sure everything was connected. And while she was down there, she sort of looked up at me and I was sitting in her chair at that point, um, you know, on, on her keyboard. And she, you know, asked me, hey, uh, I bet you like me down here on, my, on, on all fours. And I have to say, I was super creeped out by the whole thing. Uh, embarrassed, probably turned a million shades of red, didn't know what to say. Um, and nobody else was sort of around. And I just kind of like laughed it off. But you know, just tried to, you know, finish up what I was doing and get out of there. But anyway, so that was my, uh, my encounter with the, with a female creep. All right. Thanks. I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. Do you want to just move on? <laughs> oh my God. Like, I don't care what anyone says. That's sexual harassment. Well, if it was like, what are you doing? If the tables were, t- I don't know. I find read the room. <laughs> yeah. In, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to react to that. Um, it just seemed, how, I, I don't know, I don't know you? what to say. <laughs> but I think the way uh, he sound, he describes his reaction, he's like, I was embarrassed, turned shades of red, didn't know what to say. That's, I guess I feel that right now. I'm feeling some yeah. of his embarrassment secondhand. Um, was she, well, but when I think of it, I'm thinking, was she just making a really bad joke? Like was maybe she felt like she's like, I'm just going to say like the stupid joke or something there there is super inappropriate not funny boomer humor that falls under like sexual innuendo that they don't they probably don't mean it but it's still inappropriate not funny yeah it might have been that but still like i guess if you're alone with a stranger and you're um in in a kind of like a business kind of agreement relationship and you're alone in this enclosed space together, that's not a good time to just try a sexual joke. To shoot your shot. Like. Yeah, let's, I'm, kind of <laughs> with a, I'm just going to say a dirty joke. Yeah. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, oh, my God. Oh, that's so... Like, it's embarrassing. It's cringy. It's weird. It's... I hate oh. it. I hate this story. Me um, too. What about him? Uh, just in the... You know, given everything we've listened to so far tonight, even just hear him say, I'm a father of twin 15 year old girls. I was, you know, in everything we've talked about so far tonight, I'm like, oh, that poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> don't put them in retail. <laughs> Let's. Oh my God. Yeah. I just. Uh, his delivery, too, in telling his story, I don't know if you could hear, but in his voice, I could hear uncomfortable, how uncomfortable he was recounting it. Well, and it's, it's the, when he was describing it, he knew what was coming before it, it was said. She's like, yeah. She looked at me, and I'm sure he was like, "Oh God, don't say it, don't, <laughs> don't say it." Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> here's another one. This is uh, there's another one. <laughs> not for there, we have so many. Um, I'm gonna call this one Lindsay's way too close encounter with a creep. Hey Jordan, I have a creep encounter story that if you like to share with the listeners, um, by all means do so. So my story is, I'll give a little context. I'm from Cape Breton, much like yourself. So I didn't have a lot of encounters with strangers. Obviously, I knew pretty much everyone in my life. Um, and my family decided to take a trip to Halifax. I was about nine years old. 
And my mom left um, to go look at something in Shoppers, left me alone just for a few seconds. And then I decided to go over and look at the magazine section, uh, Shoppers. What was really weird about this um, section was it was a very narrow aisle. And I remember I was reading the magazine instead of someone um, asking me, hey, can you move or just wait for me to be finished with the magazines. Um, this man, I saw him at the corner of my eye watching and I didn't think too much of it. I thought he was looking for something else. Instead of asking me to move out of the way or just go to the other section, he decided to cross through the section. And because the aisle was so narrow, he purposely went behind me and you can imagine what his front area was doing. And he, basically kind of rubbed against me. I don't know how to put it as without saying it, what it was. And I was standing there absolutely godsmacked and I was really creeped out by what happened. And I was thinking, I'm so young. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any stranger danger um, understanding. I didn't know how to report it. I was so young and it was the, because it was like my mom didn't know i never told her and i didn't really tell this story till i was much older when i realized what happened and how gross it was uh, like she was nine could it be a could it be an accident it doesn't sound like it no you don't accidentally rub again uh, I, yeah what am i saying if there's a nine-year-old next to me and i have to get past them there's no way i'm going to accidentally rub against them I, uh, no, yeah. that's, that's just horrific. We've just been on like a, tr uh, a runaway train of creep stories, one after the other. I will tell you full disclosure, I still have an inbox uh, of, I think seven or eight that I got over the last two days that are in line with this. So. Uh, we've been through a lot tonight. I don't believe you can take any more. I know everyone has their limits of creep stories. I can see it in your face um, that you're about to vomit. This was this was unexpected. This one was turned up a notch. What was the, well of all the stories? What is the one that is going to prevent you from having a good sleep tonight? Uh, the the Starbucks one and the woman. It's when people say super, like, obviously inappropriate and, like, vulgar things, mm -hmm. like, really catches you off guard. And it's just like, oh, my God, that was, ugh. Mm. Like, it's just so, there's a time and place, right? And it's not at a Starbucks and to a stranger. Certainly not. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. So, um, someone had wrote, uh, in response to our call out for Creep Encounters, someone had wrote and they said, uh, something that's kind of parallel with creep encounters that may be worth exploring is is uh remove this like kind of the sexual part of it and um talk about stories of people who have neighbors from hell or bad neighbors and i think that's something i'd be interested in if, if people out there have a story of their current neighbor or a past neighbor that uh was awful to live near for whatever reason i'd be interested in hearing about that i think um in the future, if we can collect enough bad neighbor stories, that could also be a listener story. That sounds fantastic. Um, you don't have to tell me one, but do you have a bad neighbor story? Do you think? Like, have you ever had the awful neighbor? Because I have, like, I've got, I've got a couple stories. Okay, because episode one could be like <laughs> my seven stories of bad neighbors. Oh, uh, I don't have like seven, but I'd say probably at least four or five. Okay. I could. Yeah. I had this. That's, that's a wonderful idea. I want to hear yours though. Well, I'm just going to give you this really quick one. Uh, I won't tell the whole story, but I had this situation where my brother and I lived on the bottom floor of a two, of a two unit house. And then on the top floor was the son of the landlord. So like buddy owns this house. He has his son living in the top apartment, me and my brother living in the bottom. What happens is while we're there, the landlord, who we had a great relationship, died, and the son inherited the house. Oh, no. And the son wanted to sell the house. So that's where the trouble starts. And it led to like six months of absolute terror. 
uh, that this son and his girlfriend who live with him put my brother and I through to try to get us to move out. Like, cause they, they wanted to, us to move out. Like they pretty much showed up at our door and they're like, yeah, like my dad died and we're going to, we want to, <laughs> we want to get you guys out of here and we want to sell the house. Like, can you leave? Like, when can you leave? And my brother's like, well, we like our, there's another six months left in the lease. And he's like, no, no, like we, we want you out like within a week or two. Like, when can you leave? And then <laughs> that's uh, not how this works. Yeah, that is how it worked. We ended up leaving in oh. a month and a half um, because it just wasn't worth our, uh, I don't know, sanity, I guess. Oh, my God. Um, it included like, you know, and this uh, this got crazy. It included them putting like these weird almost like offerings on our step. I guess they were into something called Santeria, which is a kind of, I don't know if it's a religion or a spiritual Isn't kind of thing. Isn't it kind of like voodoo? It's Sublime sort of like voodoo. About it. Yeah, well, we would find, I just remember we found on our step one time um, this big bowl of like oil with like these different like things floating around in the oil. And then there was a note attached to it that explained like what this all meant. And basically it was like, they were explaining to us that they were leaving things around the house that would encourage us to leave. Um, At least they let they, you know. Yeah. And they were like really transparent about it. And I am. Oh, well, that, that was nice of them. No, it was really, really weird. <laughs> but well, yeah, if it, it worked. <laughs> if anyone out there has a story about a bad neighbor, go to nighttimepodcast.com, click on contact, tell me about it. Uh, if anyone has an encounter with a creep, a male creep, a female creep, or an anything else creep, we want to hear about that as well. Let us know because we'll do part four, five, six, and seven until Madeline just stops answering my calls and emails. We'll keep doing them. <laughs> that'll that'll take a lot, but let's try. <laughs> Make it happen, everybody. This is yeah. one way to get a, get her out of here. Um, well, Madeline, it's been a roller coaster. Anything you got coming up that you want to tell us about on your, I say your show. Would you call it your show when you describe what you do? just a channel okay what do you what do you got coming up on your channel um i'm doing a little piece on our doula duper mm, so a little video yeah that's gonna come out on tuesday and then after that i've got i've got a story lined up from alberta but then i also have a story lined up from bc so i i haven't decided okay. i need to get a little bit ahead because i'm on vacation at the end of the month so mm. i need to need to get all my ducks in a row so I can okay. go and well relax. I'm definitely going to tune into your doula duper Caitlin Braun story. Um, and I'm especially going to go down into the comments and see how everyone reacts to this uh, news story. The Not comments news, are the best part. Absolutely. All right, Madeline, it's been, uh, I don't know if I could have got through this without you. So thank you for being here. Oh, anytime. It was cringy, but uh, I was going to say fun. I don't know. I wanted to crawl out of my skin a couple of times. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to go um, scream into a pillow and then I guess vomit and uh, wash scream. my eyes and ears with bleach <laughs> and hope it all goes away. <laughs> I want to thank you for joining Madeline Klein and I for this episode of Nighttime. I'm going to start wrapping things up here, but before I do, I have some thanks. First, a huge and sincere thanks to everyone who took the time to share their creep encounters with us. These stories serve as a great reminder to keep our eyes open and our wits about us. And to other listeners who have a story like this to share, I plan to do a fourth and maybe even a fifth part in the series, and I'd love to feature your story. You can share it with me at nighttimepodcast.com contact. And same thing goes for your stories of awful neighbors. We both hope to hear from you. Next going to give a big shout out to Monty Data who contributes the music to this series. A shout out to LJ from the Dystopian Simulation podcast who provides the intro and outro voiceovers. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Rosemary, Bonnie, and Allison, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help out in a variety of ways. 
First of all, those premium feed subscriptions only cost a couple dollars a month and they fund the creation of the show while giving you access to an ad-free two-day early release date and a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. And if for whatever reason you don't want to go premium, you can help the show by simply sharing the episodes on social media. If you have any story ideas for anyone out there who wants to give feedback on the show or would like to contribute a comment to be aired and responded to in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Hey, Jordan. Love the show. I'm an American. I had an experience with a creepy woman. It actually was a creepy couple. I was at CBGB's, and it was the late 80s, and I was visiting New York City to see a band. But uh, I was just hanging out, drinking beer, and this, this couple, this older couple came to me. I was in my 20s, so they were probably like my age or even younger. I'm in my 50s now. Anywho, um... <laughs> <laughs> I noticed after talking to them for a while that I couldn't see. I literally was blind. And uh, they said to me, hey, do you want to come with us to our place? And I was like, no. Like, I, I knew that I was impaired. And I thought that maybe they did something to me. Like, maybe they put something in my drink. But I knew what was going on. So I decided to just pretend that... I wasn't impaired and I walked to the disgusting bathroom and I mean, you know, it was, it was CBGB. So it was kind of okay for me to stumble, but I just knew where it was. And I just kind of went there just by memory and I hung out and about 10 minutes later, I wasn't blind. And when I came back, the couple was gone. Anyway, um, they didn't take me to their place. Love the show hope that this sounds okay to you. All right. Be careful out there. Bye.